Yo, this is Them Jeans. What's up, Chris? How are you? Oh, <clears throat> I'm great, Jason. Just straight off the motherfucking plane. You already know. So you just landed in LAX, what, an hour ago? Yeah, literally. Maybe an hour and a half, yeah. Don't worry, the town car was out front. We don't wait on Uber, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got podcasts to do. Oh, that's nice. We got podcasts to do. No, honestly, it was really funny because it was, the, the driver was driving some sort of Lincoln that looked like they like a fake Bentley. And I was like, what, what's up with this car, man? He's like, yeah, I don't know. They tried to make it look like the old ones, but it, it looked kind of good. It was very, it was very confusing. Fake Bentley Lincoln. So it was, so it was like a new town car type of type of situation. Yeah, new town car. You like push a button to open the door, and it like cracks for you, and then you just push it. There's no like handle. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I understand all the words that you're saying, but no, I don't know what you mean. I, I need to try this out. I mean, maybe they can loan us one or something like that. For yeah, us. maybe Lincoln. Yeah, if you work for the Lincoln Motoring Company, get in touch with how long gone. We would love to take a test drive in the all-new Lincoln town car. Yeah, one of these days, I'm going to get a late-model town car. We've talked about this before, about the, their, their amazing mileage. It's a good car for you, honestly. As a, as a big daddy, you need a land yacht to cruise around these, these mean streets. I don't know if I want it to be my daily driver, but I feel like it's a car that's so good you'll 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 only get it for your weekend activities, and it'll end up being your grocery getter. That's how much of a pleasure it is to pilot. I, I like the idea of you having a Lincoln as your weekend car versus like a you know like a Mercedes <laughs> as my, as or my, like a, a Porsche Targa, <laughs> yeah, renovated uh, or fully fully restored Land Rover. You're you're pulling up in the 1999 town car. Well, you know the gas prices nowadays are so high. I can only afford to to drive it on the weekends i mean i i think i just read that it's seven dollars a gallon in virginia where i didn't even know they had gas stations there but that's expensive man well i think that the east coast is the east coast is really fucked right just in general yeah i mean it's just shitty it's a shitty place I, well i saw people well, well no 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 i saw people putting <laughs> i saw people putting gasoline in bags <laughs> Did you see that video Did you see those videos no I mean, unless it's a QP, that's the only time I... <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, Jason. No, no, yeah, people are... I don't really understand. There's a, there's a pipeline issue. There's like a hack with a pipeline, and then... Oh, and, and, and right, now, right, right. I think gas is... there's. I don't know if it's actually a shortage or if people are anticipating a shortage, a la toilet paper and early COVID. So there are videos of dudes filling up like like grocery store plastic bags with gas. Right, which it's is, like the equivalent of putting like a little like a paper clip into the parking meter and then you know you you get to run up some free parking the idea of of hitting the the petrol station and and just pulling out your ralph's bag and pumping some unleaded <laughs> into it like that visual is so funny when when you see uh like a, a bank robbery that goes awry and then the brinks truck blows open on the freeway and then everyone starts doing a mad dash to pick up all the the dollar bills flying all over you, there's no time to think. You just gotta. You're like, all right, here's a here's a gas bag. I'm gonna start filling it up. You know what I mean? Ask questions later. Like one question could be like, how do you get the gas out of the bag and into your car? That's a pretty good question. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Well, I don't know if you. Re- I don't know if you remember this, but you know, you used to sometimes you have to siphon gas, so you'd put the little thing down. You would suck it up with your mouth and get it as close as you could. Is this something that you've done before, Chris? I'm familiar with. I've done it before. I have never. Uh, obviously, blue collar TJ has done this before. I highly doubt that you have ever done oh it. no of course not. i've heard the story from my dad because that's something that probably should have happened in the 50s i don't know why you've done it um please explain please please tell me when you've sucked gas remember, into your actually. mouth i mean it must have no it had to have been like 
like lawnmower related or something like that but i've done some sucking where what you don't want to get into your mouth get into your mouth a little bit puts a hair on your chest i understand and cancer in your balls yeah i mean sometimes when, even when i get a little petrol on my hand at the station i, I rush to wash my hands like like it's like it's the covid 19 virus no i do too i was i was sooner I'm, I'm sooner to rush to wash off my hands than i was my mouth that's uh are you a i guess i'm just kind of ocd that way about hand washing though are you a mouthwash guy big dog I definitely have used it during periods of my life, but nah, it, it something about it just seems a little odd. Like it feels, I feel like it tastes too sweet, or like something's going on with it where it gives me the sensation of clean, but it doesn't feel holistically clean deep down in my DNA. If that makes sense, I understand that. I, I prefer to. I mean, I love the 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 just acidic burn of a of a mouthwash after a, a I, bl- I believe astringency is the word you might be shooting yeah, for yeah yeah you love yeah 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 because you're a glutton for pain and punishment i want to feel the burn father i have sinned i'm such a bad little pussy i hope exactly. somebody hurts me like like that you know i was yeah one time we were in milan and i, I bought some marvis mouthwash and i really liked it and i was like oh it's so powerful i fucking love it and then i looked it up and you're supposed to dilute it you know and i was just hitting raw much like my chameleon, chameleon cold brew. You got the concentration. Yeah, you know, it's, I ain't afraid, bro. Are you a pussy? It sounds like you're a pussy, bro. You are you a guy who smokes a spliff? Come on now. <laughs> the Marvis raw dog, the old thing. That is crazy that you hit that you hit Marvis uncut like your chameleon. No, I mean, I I just I I find that to be the most pleasurable way to do it. But I love a I, I love to to clean my mouth. You know what what brand do you use now? You mouth cleaner? Oh, I use like Listerine brand blue, like the classic like nineties men's locker room mm-hmm. style. Uh, I ha- actually I did um like a baking soda mouth mouthwash recently Ooh, that felt i didn't i didn't love it but that that made me feel real clean like that was just some real ass clean shit you well know you're I mean? a real you're a real mouthfeel cat so i'm glad that you found something that 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 appeased you you sent me a link uh maybe like an hour ago about the masks there's a lot of people talking about the masks if you are vaccinated now you don't need to wear a mask indoors or outdoors but i think uh, the the fine print was saying like as long as everyone indoors also has it no but i looked at i looked at that and i was like "Mm, trust me bro masks are coming off that's it like let's uh, but i know we want to hold on to it forever it's just funny to watch these people who were like literally fauci is king i'm worshiping him now being like well we're not at herd immunity yet like you can't, you can't choose. You gotta, if you're going to follow the leader, you got to follow the leader. I'm happy to see it. I have been, you know, it, it's been a little interesting wearing, wearing the mask indoors at the gym. And then once I'm in the locker room, taking it off, we're, we're hitting the point where it's not alarming to see yeah, that's somebody a good point. without a mask on. New York people are walking around. People are walking around the streets of downtown Manhattan mask free. Right. And it is it is a beautiful thing to see. I'm sure you love to see that. When LP and I hit Sedona, Arizona, the first thing we did was go to a Whole Foods and there was groups of people congregating down the aisle with the mask with no masks on and they had they had like rules and restrictions where you can just say like I don't need it and they can't do anything about it, but it, I was I was like shocked to see it and now I'm walking around, I'm hitting the showers, I'm hitting the sauna. I'm sharing saunas with dudes with no masks and everyone like nobody is weird about it at all. Like it's pretty it's starting to get pretty normalized, which is which is what we need to happen. 
No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, we need we need to stop talking about the mask. Don't worry, Chris. There's so much more to talk about. I got a new tennis racket. I went with the Yonix V Core 98. What color do we get? It's a blue. It's kind of like a baby blue with accents of of ketchup, orangey red. Classic TJ. It's uh, I showed it. I showed it to um, I showed it to Bay yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, I love the color scheme." And I was like, "I didn't. Even, I didn't even like the color scheme, but she she's all about it. She's loving it." She's juiced up. I have a white grip on it with the extendo handle because my my hands are so big, so much bigger than yours. So the standard grips don't work for me. You know that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do know that about you. That's great. I'm glad you got that. Well, I need a I need a big fat one. You know what I mean? So, so a girthy grip. So, uh, did you cop at um at, at Racket Doctor? I hit the doctor. I was gonna do it. I was gonna demo some rackets, but like they only had one. One of the rackets that I wanted to try, they only had one of it, and like the grip on it was super small, and I was just like, you know what, I, I just need to get this. Do- I need to get this over with. I w- I was itching to have a clean, brand new racket in my hand, so I it was an impulse buy. I had to cop, but I love this for you. I learned to love it. I, I love the feel of a Yonic, so I'm I'm not worried about it. When are we hitting the motherfucking courts? I don't know. I think on Friday I'm gonna go kind of just do some light light touch with um with bay since she sucks ass at tennis it'll be mm, kind of like a good i see yeah you get a little warm up introductory thing you know i don't want to go against a great like you mm. first day out the pen no it's yeah 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure it's like when a guy gets sure out of jail injured all over again it's like when a guy gets out of jail after 20 years somebody hands him an iphone he ain't he ain't know how to make a call you know what i mean yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah. i think oh. that's good I think that's yeah, gonna be be you out there on the yeah. On once the I get one, once I get one look at your forty-five mile an hour serve coming straight <laughs> at me, I'm gonna go cross-eyed. And I'm gonna, I'm you're gonna say take me back. Home. You, you're gonna say take me back. I got PTSD, player. I'm gonna fucking throw a cinder block at my knee, break that shit all over again. Well, luckily for you, I'm actually going to visit Pickle Rick on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and shout out to all the listeners who have been asking me for the contact information for pickle rick a nickname that i did not endorse (laughs) and i choose not to still endorse his name is ricky aka magic hands say his name magic hands is magic hands is just too basic like every masseuse is magic hands pickle rick is original every masseuse can call themselves magic hands but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have earned that title great point and great ricky, point great ricky point earned t- i cannot wait for you to go visit I i'm just say. doing it i'm literally doing it i timed it so we could talk about it on on the podcast <laughs> that we record on sunday so i'll be fresh in my mind <laughs> yeah if we had patreon this is this is this would be paywalled content but we don't this is all free thanks to our lovely sponsors if we had patreon i would wear the gopro or the chest rig for the entire session we do we do have a special <laughs> guest today jason uh, an episode long in the making finally our nft winner from a couple months ago or maybe a month and a half ago i don't know how long ago it was but justin staple is the name of the man who won the nft uh to be the first person to ever be a guest on the podcast who does not deserve to be a guest on the podcast they simply <laughs> paid us money to do it because well it's you know it's like i wouldn't join the so house but if they gave me a membership for free i'd go every once in a while you know what i mean it's a, it's a you understand where i'm coming from and for members of the house keep your eyes peeled 
TJ might be splashing out for a DJ set. Just letting you know. I don't know when. You know, maybe next month or so. H H Long Group is coming to the. <laughs> <laughs> H long group, you can't sit with us. Please remove yourself from our section immediately. H long group, H long group is coming in hot. But yeah, Justin Staple is is our guest today. He is the NFT winner. But once he won the NFT, we started looking into him. And this guy has done some stuff. He's not just a crypto. He's not just a crypto thousandaire. <laughs> he's made a he's made a movie called Rap Star. He's directed uh, some Broadway videos. He directed the cursed Chet Hanks White Boy Summer video. But I was going deep into his catalog. He's done a lot of work with our, our, our old friends over at Noisy. And he did an amazing Drake in New York Noisy Raps thing from, from a very long time ago. So he's no stranger to the 5D is what we're saying. No, he was, he was, he was mobbing out with Drake in, in what looks to be 2013. And this is some Jake Davis days. Yeah, some Jake Davis days. Yeah, you wasn't there with Trick or Trey in Toronto. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to also find out why anyone would want to pay money to be on this show. Or if it was more no, just no, like... No, 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 We don't need to ask that question. That's not good for our IP, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I understand. We You're right, yeah. We definitely know why people would want to pay for us because we're two guys who have a lot of great value. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great value okay. it is. Let's let's uh let's give old JT a, a a call. JS. Oh yeah, sorry. Whatever. Whatever. Fuck him. What's up, big dog? <laughs> I can't hear you though. You can't hear us. That's a that's a you problem, not a us problem. That's your you bad player. Fix your uh your output. Boom. I got you now. Okay. You got us now. All right. Alex Jones is now. here on How Long Gone. <laughs> We got the shades oh, on. Big Alex Jones, let's go. Out of all of our podcast guests, you have by far the most impressive podcast recording setup. You have a nice mic. Your headphones are on. They're over-the-ear headphones. They're not some little earbuds. You sound excellent. So, so far, you're winning some points, at least just for audio. <laughs> yeah, at least for audio. You know, you know, I chugged that mud right before this. You know, uh, I did a... Uh... <laughs> 200 plus episodes of noisy and vice radio on apple music beats one so i really had to lock in on my audio quality with all that shit so we had that go that makes sense that Justin, makes this sense. is gonna be a long hour i could already tell where where are where are you right are you in your parents basement right now or is this your house no i just got back from copenhagen <laughs> where we debuted our new film at cph docs in copenhagen so i'm in palm desert just chilling out for a sec you know i was just in copenhagen so of course i'm in palm desert for a sec <laughs> so you brought out your whole podcasting rig to palm desert i keep it here this is like my little safe house where we make the content where we're doing podcasts we're doing interviews we're making hold on jason Oh. Is this? Oh, really? Is this Tim Dillon? Or are we talking to to Justin? I'm confused. Yeah, how's a Tim Dillon feel? Tim Dillon wishes, honestly. <laughs> Tim Dillon wishes. I gotta eat way more pizza to get on his line. Like he's he wishes he could be. Yeah, right suck now. my dick, Tim Dillon. That wasn't a weight issue. That was more of like a hiding out in Palm Springs recording issue. Is what I was is what I was shooting at there. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was not. You are definitely thinner than Tim Dillon. So good job for that. I think as Jason knows, like. The Pioneer Town, Palm Springs, Palm Desert vibe is like the next frontier of super cringe LA aesthetics where you can go like cosplay as a cowboy and hang out in Pappies and like uh-huh, uh-huh. drink $15 margaritas on a movie set. So uh-huh. we'd hear, you know, I've been staying here for a few months. Like, so do you have a whole, do you have a, do you have a squad? Well, tell, first of all, tell us about the, tell us about the film. Cause I know a little bit about it, but if you're able to go, if you're getting a visa to go to Copenhagen to talk about it, then that means somebody cares. So, you know, that, that means we need to hear about it. Official invite from the government of Denmark. You know, the vibes. Like, 
like uh <laughs> it was uh it's called american rap star it was i'm very excited to present it it's gonna be coming out this year we made it in late 2019 me and all the smoke my co-partners tyler benz albert lago shout out them nope we made american rap star and it was gonna debut at south by southwest 2020 and i'm like an auteur so i literally shot it edited it all myself damn it did it all myself <laughs> one week before we were going to south by South by got canceled and then like everything got canceled and we were like, oh, this is fucking whack. So instead of just dropping it, I was like, I'm going to do festivals in whatever year, 2021. So CPH Docs in Copenhagen is a big ass international festival. I love that festival. Harmony used to show shit there. We just call them Harmony. We all know who we're talking about. You know, we all know. Harmony low-key watched the film too, which is tight. This guy, this guy, you got the link, tr- you get the, he got the link tracker, Jason. You know, it's interesting. He, he came on this podcast. We didn't get a link. So it's kind of crazy that, that we didn't get a little link. I heard your last episode talking about everybody's everything. You get in the fucking link. I need Chris Black notes on this film. If they're negative notes, they're positive. No, no, no. Notes, so tell us, but, but tell us the, wild tell us the synopsis. I mean, we need to know the synopsis for the listeners. Like break it down. What, how does this go? Give me the motherfucking synopsis, Justin. This is like my second or third feature length documentary film. And I, look at different social issues through pop culture lenses. So this is my love story essay film to the SoundCloud rap generation. We shot with Bad Baby, Little Pump, Little Peep, XXX Tentacion, Mad Ox, and Little Zan, and more. And a friend of your pod and friend of our And more. (laughs) Yeah, well, John Caramonica's in it. All these great voices in it kind of talking about the scene. Put it all together in like a cacophony of emotion and death and (laughs) huge record deals and parties and I just made this fucking crazy love story to SoundCloud rap, which plays even better now in theaters in Denmark since SoundCloud rap is completely over. You can kind of like look at it <laughs> in like hindsight. And that is better you know, though. That, that passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all those 13 year olds, only half of them are still alive. Yeah, like a in memoriam type of situation. It is. It's a super fucked up scene. Yeah. That seems hard to uh, wrangle those cats. You know what I mean? That's a lot of freaks you're trying to sit down with. And I'm. Yeah, I'm, I feel like you might. You, you seem to have the touch. You you are a white rapper whisperer. How do you get, you know, <laughs> like give us some tips on how to get into these uh you know the dark halls of soundcloud we need more white rappers on this podcast we should yeah. go to studio city is that where they are like where do we go Fairfax, baby by the golf wing store by where the old no jumper stories to be you hit maxwell's maxfield's Just on go Melrose hit the golf wing store no 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 <laughs> what drugs do you have to bribe them with to talk to you you know all that stuff so many people of my age and that aren't in their early 20s or teenagers hate on these kids so when i'm coming into them as a 31 year old 30 year old being like i respect you i see you making millions of dollars you're making okay music they like (laughs) clog onto that they're like we love you i put them on vice i put them on beats one i did all that shit for them so i'm friends with all these people Mm -hmm. i like dj bad baby sweet 16 i put maddox on when she was like when he was 13 you know we were shooting with the fidget spinners and (laughs) Little Zan we've been friends with for years. So I'm like legit friends with Lil Pump, Smoke Perp, as you know, all these people. So when it came time to movie time, they were more than happy to uh, give me full access, say some crazy shit on camera. Out of all those people that you named, Matt Ox is definitely the coolest out of the bunch, right? Bro, he is so fucking sick. His new music, too, is super crazy. He just like screams on the mic. He's got kind of weird dreads now, like Bieber, mm-hmm. like <laughs> really mosh pit ready new music. But he was 14, 13 in my movie, and he signed a, a multi-million dollar label deal to Warner Brothers. So. Is he st- really- Hold on. Is that still is he still signed to Warner Brothers, or did he get dropped? You know, <laughs> oh, I do not know. I, I He had corporate partnerships with Puma, 
I think he's still on the label. I don't really know. As you guys know, the li- and that's kind of what the movie's about too. The label situation is pretty tough on these young artists. Like, yeah. they don't respect them, and with no touring and no spending power to buy merch, a lot of the situations have really gotten sad, and mm-hmm. a lot of advances blown on things they shouldn't have been. So- but I think Warner's is still working with him. He's still got the like voice of the youth. He's so young and so good at what he does that. He's dropped, he dropped with uh, XXX and Tassian, and that song went platinum. He put out a big song with Chief Keef that went gold. Mm-hmm. So he's still Damn, you're hits. talking about all, you're talking, you're, you know. you're really plugged in with all of Jason's favorites. You, you can't, you can't speak about XXX Tentacion yes. without thinking of them jeans. You know what I mean? At least if you listen to this show, mm-hmm. that, that Jason, that's one of your, and Chief Keef, of course, that's your old, that's your number one, TJ. The air that I breathe. Did you know I produced and directed the Chief Keef therapist episode on Viceland? <laughs> You know that's your guest today? Do you see I did one? not know that. <laughs> did you know did that was know your that. guest today? Did you know that was your guest <laughs> today? So fire. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that Chief Keefe might be the, the one of the toughest guys to really wrangle and sit down. Six to eight months it took him to come down, and I put him in a five-hour therapy session with our therapist here sitting on sing for TV. And uh, one of the most important things I've ever done. Like I love Chief Keefe now. We shoot videos with him. We shot an O3 Greedo Chief Keefe music video with him. And, Helped him a little with his NFTs, which is obviously the theme. <laughs> Hold on. How do you, we need to get into that a little more. Like, how do you convince someone like Chief Keefe to, in theory, sit down on camera and like spill his guts? You know, that, that, those guys aren't known for talking a lot about, about things they've done. I did 21 episodes of that show and it was really me tapping into what I said before where I'm looking eye to eye. The debut episode with, was Freddie Gibbs talking about, how he was falsely incarcerated in France for yeah. um, charges that I won't even go in. You remember that? So mm-hmm. I, I had to sit down with him for weeks and kind of, that was a pretty serious episode and go through how we were going to angle it, what we were going to do. I don't even know if something like that would fly in today's current content. Why would he want to do that? Cause you're giving him a platform to like tell his side, right? Is that, is that what it comes down to? Here was my pitch, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, mental health. And hip hop, uh, there's a stigma on mental health. There's a stigma on depression and the PTSD a lot of these young guys go through, whether it's from inner city violence or drug use or losing someone. Sosa has lost so many people you see in the episode. And they're struggling with a lot of stuff. And often they're turning to lean, to opioids, to Mm -hmm. just bad stuff. And so the point of the therapist was to highlight it's okay to do therapy. It's okay to talk about mental health on a big stage. We're going to kind of remove the stigma in the rap community. That was the big angle. And it, the finale was Katy Perry. We got Katy Perry to do an hour long episode where she's crying and fucking talking about suicidal thoughts. And I'm running at the gym and I looked up on the TV and Good Morning America, CNN, Shit. NBC all had the clip I had just shot up on there. So I was like, this is the power of this show. We got to keep I mean, that was ahead of its time. That was kind of ahead of its time in some ways, for sure. Because now, I mean, now that's all anybody wants sure. to fucking well, talk about. When you about. say running on the treadmill, Justin, are we sure it wasn't more of a kind of a brisk jog after doing two hours with katie perry yeah i was like so stressed out i went for full sprints right there <laughs> i mean i probably sprinted a mile or two but i had just watching the angle i had just shot right on cnn in front of me at gold's gym venice mm-hmm. i was like oh fuck that, that felt better than all the lean in the world didn't it it did baby i need it two did. hours of i would need two hours of therapy after i don't know man so i don't know if i could spend that much time with katie perry through that show i get semi-free sessions with the world famous series sitting on of the therapist who's releasing a new book and i agree it was a pioneering show we're trying to bring it back but he's on clubhouse session so i do free therapy if he's on club if he's on clubhouse if he's on clubhouse bro it's over you better get him off clubhouse that whack-ass shit justin what are you working on uh what are you working on in therapy lately kind of just about being happy in the present moment staying in the present moment i think a lot of my past drama 
trauma or drama is dealt with, you know, and it's just trying to stay motivated. I mean, we lost a lot this year. A lot of people lost everything, hundred thousands of lives, jobs, whole companies gone, money. That takes a toll on one's brain. I've lost a lot of things in that too. So it's just kind of about how we're going to come out of that um, with a positive attitude, a productive attitude. Mm. That's what I love about your guys' podcast. You're always you know, dropping cultural tidbits that are incredible, staying positive, busting these out three days a week. It's pretty incredible. You guys should be super proud of yourselves. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're making it real hard for us to roast you, Justin. You're being so nice. <laughs> roast me, though. It's fucking me up. You you have dropped a lot of cool pieces of information, but one that we glossed over that I want to circle back to, DJing Bad Babies Sweet 16. <laughs> Can you? We, I need a scene report for what was going on there. That is a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. So I've been DJing since I was like 18, much like yourself. I've seen you play at Los Clubos and around. But uh, I had a residency at Tenants of the Trees. Hey. And um, Bad Baby's a good friend of mine because we used to respect her music when literally everyone else in the country would shit on her. And her and her people said she's throwing this rager sweet 16 at this club. We'd like you to DJ. So, you know, hundreds of her fans... Little Yachty gifted her, it's in like TMZ and shit, gifted her this cool diamond necklace. Diplo was there and Diplo walked in and took a look around and walked out. (laughs) She she likes my sets because she knows I'm not going to, I'm going to play the X shit. I'm going to play the hard shit that she likes. She's like a real cool girl. Mm -hmm. She's moshing. She would, you know, dance suggestively. And then her mom and agents come over and like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. You know, obviously now that she's 18, everyone knows what's happened now. I don't even want to go into that. But the Sweet 16 was a rager. I mean, the whole club decorated for happy birthday bad baby all the mm-hmm. cool little clout demons there everyone's got their <laughs> dumbass phones out taking photos of her what's going on with her now like what what is is there is she like in a deal does she have music coming like what happened to her oh you haven't heard huh chris you haven't heard. i guess i guess not I, honestly i guess not on her 18th birthday she's got great people around her and it was a long journey oh she did only fans she did only fans and broke it yeah she made a million dollars in one day Woo! and so she's in the top she's 18 so it's very a lot of money for that age but top one percent if not 0.5 percent of creators on only fans there's no real nudity on there it's just more about the bad baby brand which attracts a lot of young girls for better or for worse mm-hmm. and she's just taking advantage of that platform like a, a lot of other young women why why is somebody gonna pay 20 dollars a month for is she like dropping jewels is it like more of like a because i know there's talk of like musicians getting on only fans to release music and shit just because it's like a platform people use right and there's like no rules is that the idea she's going kind of the cardi b route or bella thorne route where it's like bts access to their life behind the scenes clips of what she does day to day she's got a very large fan base she's kind of comparable to like a young female eminem i guess she's like relentlessly in your face and badass so it's really just she does q a's with fans personalized messages like the original version of what OnlyFans was supposed to be for before it turned into tricking off that's exactly right yeah and i'm glad it didn't go the other route with her yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm glad to get jason i know what to get him for his 41st birthday then we're gonna get a little personalized message from from bad bar bad baby that's what we're doing i want a bamia <laughs> Maybe you guys should have her on the podcast. I wonder how that would go. You might you might love her. Watch the movie. She's she's I've been told she's the voice of reason in my movie. She's 14 in it. And all the reviews said it's a crazy movie when bad baby's the voice of reason in it. <laughs> so it's like, Damn, that's yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, I just don't like at a certain point is it even about the music or is she just like famous? 
You know what I mean? Like, what are people? That's exactly what the movie's about. Is it about the music or is it about what they were doing on social media? You know, Takashi 69 is obviously another big example. Mm-hmm. That was the moment in 2016, 2017, when Billboard was taking on Spotify numbers that it changed from the music's got to be good to the social media presence has to be good mm-hmm. and you've got to be in your face. And people, it posits that people are addicted to these viral moments. People are addicted to cringe, getting in your face, going viral. And that's kind of what the whole movie is about. And fast forward to now, I'm kind of doing a low key sequel about like the TikTok kids and what's happening in music now. Universal's valued at $53 billion now. And it's, it's a whole mess. I'm shooting this movie and I'm like, it's almost too dark. Like I almost don't want to unleash some of the new stuff. Are you saying that the, are you saying that these TikTokers are darker than the SoundCloud rappers? I am saying that (laughs) I, I I was surprised because. Yeah, it's because now the pandemic, think of taking all those teenagers and taking away being able to hang out with each other, taking away high school, taking away socializing, like it's just created a whole goddamn mess now. Like people need it. They needed to go to school and have friends. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need friends. So is it easy? So this TikTok thing, are you is this to you? Is it so similar, just different characters in a lot of ways? Similar themes. I wanted to follow. In many ways, it's the themes I've been doing for the last decade. Because you guys may know, I like started at Vice in 2011 when it was VBS TV and filmed all these rappers through the 10 years. So it's kind of following those same themes. But now everyone's so online. It's just kind of like a, a scene report, if you will, of what's going on now. Plus the political aspect of using TikTok as a political football between China and Trump and what it means globally which is insane yeah no <laughs> all it, that. it's all insane it's all insane but i refuse to do you look at tiktok do you have to like look at it or do you just pick this shit up i try not to but the <laughs> fucked up thing is when i do i'm actually really entertained by it and i'm actually like some of the shit's legit hilarious so shareable i learned recipes i'll learn drop shipping techniques all this weird shit <laughs> and i you know <laughs> i've been with some of my friends who are just on dates just scrolling it all day and that ain't me, but I'll look at it every now and then. It's pretty entertaining. I've I've just been told by others that are out of the age demo that the algorithm is so dialed and like so powerful that it hooks you in in a way that this other shit just can't. It definitely is like that. It's it's probably the best and most entertaining app. I like how like Twitter's for shitting on stuff. Instagram's kind of for like self promotion and brand building. TikTok's just for like pure entertainment. So it's kind of the most authentic and fun in that way you're not going to get any political discourse on there more or less or another is there another social network we should be looking out for is there something we don't know about yet i mean what's the the one that you can't like trace signal or one of those oh yeah that's just telegram telegram that's just for nerds (laughs) buying weed though that's not that's not real people real people don't use that yeah no just stay on instagram fuck tiktok instagram's the one i think jason's big on triller so he can tell you about that it's for people who can actually dance, Chris. So it's oh, really, oh, really I'm sorry. for you to check it out. What happened on Triller with the shoot dance and mm-hmm. the whoa mm. and, and being appropriated by Fortnite and them getting no money and no credit oh, yeah. and then suing and losing. A lot of that has explored the viral dance movement and how a lot of these creators had their huge multi-million dollar IP stolen. Right I never learned that shoot dance, but it didn't stop me from trying. You know what I mean, Justin? Yeah. In the movie, I film a new dance with Blockboy JB. Shout out him. He's like a fucking genius. Where is Block? Where, where is Blockboy JB right now, though? It feels like he ain't, it's a little quiet for Blockboy. He had a lot of legal issues. I mean, the scene in Memphis is messed up. He was in and out of trouble. 
at this current moment. I do not think he's incarcerated, but it's been a lot of in and out for him. So I'm not quite sure. I gotta, I gotta tap in with him. <laughs> We're gonna make a documentary just about him. Is he that good? Yeah, he's great. I mean, Drake obviously put him on like he does to everyone. Drake put on Migos, Fetty Wap. He's constantly putting these kids on and, um, he's good. He's bubbly. Memphis rap is amazing. He was like the king of Memphis there for a minute, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what American rap star is about. You're hot for like what, two, three months, especially if Drake puts you on. And then it's fucking done for you. <laughs> you got to really struggle. Chewed up and spit out. Listeners, Them Jeans is a living le- legend in the LA DJ scene. We had some crazy nights with Them Jeans spinning the decks, you know, <laughs> all over LA <laughs> in my younger days. <laughs> That's what y'all listeners don't understand. Before being a podcaster, he's a world-class DJ. World-class. We're, t- we're bringing him back as his new manager, as his new manager and agent. I'm ex- currently accepting bookings for fall 2020 into 2021 and 22 so any of you promoters out there feel free to tap in with me you know where to find me get a face tab bleach your hair you gotta try to update yourself for 2021 now you gotta have a tiktok presence that's a good idea uh, you've got the nft play going now so yeah. you know i'm that's kind of what i'm trying to figure out now that you know i'm starting to get some dj offers again after so much time has passed of like what is it what is djing even going to be anymore and like are people going to want to hear new music? Are they going to crave you know, some classic old shit? Are people even going to dance? I just did two nights in Copenhagen. And that was the first time I had really DJed since the pandemic. And I had those same thoughts. And you don't know what's going to happen. You just play stuff you know the girls are going to like. So that Beyonce, Single Ladies, like Rihanna, Bitch Better Have My Money. I was just going back to the corniest shit because nothing else was really working. Okay. <laughs> but that might have just been Denmark. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's just the Copenhagen scene. It's it's cutthroat. What, what, so is it open over there? Nah, it was really tough to get there. Like, it's not open. You need a COVID passport. They they, they hadn't seen an American in a year and a half. And uh, all of Europe seems pretty strict. They, you know, I tried to fly back through Amsterdam. They wouldn't let me in there. So, but um, CDC announced today, you know, restricting masks. Don't worry. We already, we already celebrated that. Don't worry. We already <laughs> celebrated that. Me, me more than Jason, maybe, but we still celebrated together. Yeah. I'm wearing my mask right now. I think the parties in LA are going to be crazy, though. Is tenants ever going to open back up again? What do you think? Do you know what happened there? I can't. It's so secret. I can't even talk about it unless you guys already know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) you know, I saw, I saw some videos where like it had basically be been turned into like a homeless encampment, like kind of a little bit of like a heroin kind of dope house spot. It seemed like that seems cooler than what it was. Isn't that a metaphor that (laughs) (laughs) exactly? Thank you, Chris. I thought so too. I was like, we got a DJ in that. There's (laughs) crack pipes everywhere and shit. I've DJed at tenants a couple of times and been there a bunch of times and there's a lot of drugs being done in the bathrooms there, but I mean, I mean, this was some like shooting up fentanyl, like smearing your feces on the wall level shit going on over there. That's a good description. I, I thought it was a perfect visual metaphor for like the opulence we were raging pre-pandemic to like what the pandemic did to the human psyche. Because tenants was like my friends couldn't even get in there and I was DJing. They just like weren't letting anyone in. It was like so da da da. And then it got turned into a show. Like, Buddy, you're you're barely getting in here. I <laughs> know. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta be on in five minutes. That's exactly right. But New York's gonna be raging too. I mean, everyone's at Gurney's this weekend turning up. Shout out Albert Lynn on the beach in Gurney's. We're we're not we're not off. going to oh. Gurney's. We are not going to Gurney's. Okay. <laughs> we are not, not where we're going. Okay, calm down. You gotta be at Gurney's throwing your ETH coin everywhere. No, we need to talk about this. First of all, you you know I don't know shit about that. So don't even put those words in my mouth. Second of all, 
Are you? Are you? What kind of? What's the wallet looking like, bro? Are we? Are we crypto rich right now? Is that why you're blowing money on this? Branzino, crypto Branzino, sitting <laughs> with you here. Like, uh, I loved when you guys said that, and um, I knew it would come up. So we've been following that shit since 2013, 2014, because. At Vice, the Winklevi walked in and they were like, no bank will open a checking account for Gemini. Y'all should really cover Ethereum. You guys should look at Bitcoin. So I was covering it as a reporter for years um, through Motherboard. If yeah, of course. Remember their tech site and Vice News. You know, then the crap. So we were stacking, stacking every coin. The crash happened in 2017 and we covered that too. A lot of people lost everything. You know, I would have been way more rich now if I hadn't sold a lot then. But as soon as it started coming back, my good friend Andreas was militantly stacking Chainlink like early last year, being like, I'm a Link Marine. This is the move. <laughs> fucking Chainlink. <laughs> I was like, let's fucking go. Do not say Link Marine. Link Marine. <laughs> Shout out my Link Marines. This is probably the biggest exposure one Link Marine will ever get. You know, I'm a Link Marine my damn self. <laughs> but uh, that paid off tenfold. We were st- Stacking in the single digits, going crazy. Now it's at $40, $50 a token. We're just going nuts now. I woke up in Tampa. I was tweeting at you, Jason, like we were shooting Rod Wave, uh, Jimmy Fallon performance and Rod Wave Tiny Desk, Mm -hmm. just raging. And I woke up with the wallet going crazy. I was like, I need this (laughs) NFT. Like I saw it. I was like, I need this. (laughs) The the Marine tingle happened and you had to smash smash that bid button, didn't you? I did, and I thought someone else was going to bid, and it would kick off a little war. I thought, like, the little Michaela guy or something would jump in, and I was honestly surprised when they didn't. I was like, what the fuck? That's sure as hell what we were hoping for, Justin. Yeah, you, yeah, you know who else was surprised, bro? Us. I was imagining y'all's group chat going off, being like, something called All the Smoke Bidded, and, like, we have 24 hours now. Like, what should yeah, we do? Yeah. I was just, like, imagining that. And our group chat going off being like, what have we done? (laughs) (laughs) What have we done? I was happy to support. Thank you for that, Justin. You should have set the reserve. You should have set the reserve price higher because, you know, when I got the tingling, I was like, oh, shit. Good thing it wasn't reserve price five ethers. Thanks for telling us that now, Justin. Are you copying other NFTs, though? I'm helping a lot of artists figure out how they want to drop, much like the guys at Foundation who you guys um use yeah. so xxx tentacion just dropped the bid's still open what the fuck did he what are you working with his family yeah yeah definitely can you give me two seconds i have to move my car yeah yeah, yeah of course no, yeah, yeah of fun? course no no that's it's fine. fine thank you thank you i guess the g-wagon doesn't move itself what's the whip game looking like then if we're gonna i mean oh man the 2014 like ford focus hashtag <laughs> se but i think <laughs> Okay, I bro. Think it's gonna be Tesla Y. Yeah, bro. I no, thought you said. Wack. I thought you said the wallet was booming. I thought you said the crypto. Can't you cop the? Can't you go to bring well, a trailer? I think when, when when you when you have the crypto mindset, you don't want to be spending. You don't want to be pulling anything out. You just want to. You're like, if this Ford Focus is rocking and it's getting me from point A to point B, you'll be having the last laugh when you pull up in the Lambo truck. Is kind of what your game plan is. That's exactly right, Jason. The Link Marine <laughs> mindset is never touch touch that link i mean it's a three-year hold a four-year hold a five-year hold mm-hmm. so we're gonna be touching our shit in like 2030 we ain't okay we, we go in low overhead right now you know we spent mm-hmm. a good amount of money in denmark but we just uh you know <laughs> a lot of my friends went and got that tesla but mm-hmm. it's coming i don't know i want the speedster or been eyeing that cyber truck i don't know if that's gonna be the wave but <laughs> oh yeah 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 i don't want the cyber truck but yeah uh helping artists do nfts so you're you mean they call you and they're like i don't know how to do this shit can you just walk me through it and like help me and then you get a percentage for your time yeah i was early on it we were dropping nfts last october um we dropped the first music video nft with smoke perp with the prom queen music video 
which y'all saw and made fun of. Thank you for that. And so being early, there was a week or two there where like everyone in the fucking country was calling me like movie studios, labels, artists, screenwriters. Everyone was trying to call me because the human psyche is like free money. We're going to play that. Mm-hmm. And there, so I, you're the you only know, trusted I, nerd on the internet who they could give a jingle to. I mean, and now you see it's kind of fading in the zeitgeist. It's kind of been shown to be a bubble that doesn't really mean anything. And that was kind of the first thing I said to everyone. I was like, y'all got to be careful buying these top shop packs and these beeples. Mm-hmm. A lot of this shit's valueless. But it's about everyone putting their life online and the acceleration of the metaverse and like all these digital assets. So Every day, something new is going up. I don't think it's gone anywhere. I mean, it changed the whole game. Let's. Uh, so you you seem to have a love for documentary filmmaking. What are some of your all time favorite docs? Wow, great question. It's funny because we made so many advice. So I'm so biased towards all the awesome content we made there. Not funny. You can't talk about your own documentaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My <laughs> favorites. I mean, right now. Oh, so my favorite right now. Shout out my boy Theo Anthony. All light everywhere coming out on neon in theaters in june this film is incredible kind of talks about the human seeing eye zooms out on police brutality and what it means it's called all light everywhere your boys the iron pack and iron cells are making fun of it constantly so you know it's gonna be a hit and um that uh that's my favorite right now all light everywhere they dropped a meme that said that pussy all tight everywhere which i thought was like hilarious <laughs> I-, I love iron cells shout out <laughs> It was such a hard year. He worked four and a half years on this film. It was such a hard year to release your film and have it in festivals, myself included. And um, it's also like, who cares? And the zeitgeist, no one really cares anymore. They want Tiger King. They want true crime. They want Woody Allen. I want my Woody. It was a psychedelic journey. But now <laughs> with video on demand, you kind of have to add like a visual element that's kind of trippy to it to mm-hmm. get people's attention you know what i'm saying like there's so much shit out there you got to make it an experience yeah netflix is kind of changing what documentaries are all about and kind of cheapening them in my opinion and what i like about theo's films is he comes with a unique voice a unique perspective i'd like to think american rap star does the same thing <laughs> so the guy who used to do like kurt and courtney mm. and um you remember those big and tupac i liked how he came with a unique aaron lee carr aaron lee carr is david is david carr's daughter right the legend probably my favorite documentary filmmaker yeah i met david many times aaron's a close friend yeah i love his book it's so it's so so good especially if you've ever you know been addicted to drugs it really hits for you but what is so she's done a bunch of she's done a bunch of stuff correct she has she was at vice with me at 2011 was a a king of queen of motherboard did click print gun about 3d printing guns at motherboard Mm -hmm. and then dropped thought crimes about the cannibal cop the nypd and then I Love You Now Die with Michelle Carter, Heart of Gold about the U.S. gymnast yeah. sexual abuse scandal. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. That was really good. And she's back with some huge blockbuster films. Um, I just like her relentlessness. She gets it from her dad. She dropped a memoir about that. And um, just a great perspective highlights like a true true crime original in the scene of maybe too many true crime series. Yeah, the thing about that is when you're re- when you're truly good at that, like it, it crosses over in a way where some of this niche stuff just can't. You know what I mean? Like everybody, that's the number one genre on all of these streaming services. I'm sure that's what people want to watch. So if you could do something good there, it, it has a future. Her next film is going to be one of the biggest documentaries of all time. It's going to be so massive that I can't even speak about it. But I think if you Google her, you're going to understand who it is and it's going to be explosive. Two and a half years, I'm pitching the show Targeted, trying to bring true crime to hip hop, showing how prosecutors use uh, lyrics and chord and yeah, yeah. just taking a true crime look 
at different rap cases. And that one's been hard to get off the ground for real. That's surprising. To, that that coming. That's a little bit surprising. <laughs> I just hear, I've heard that line of thinking before. So I'm kind of surprised because that seems, are people like scared to do it? Is that the vibe? Rodney Carmichael and NPR just did a really good one. Shout out to Rodney, ATL's own, baby. I know Rodney from back in the day. He's incredible. And I'm, you know, I pitched the idea for two and a half years in every studio in LA. And I think what it is, it's a diversity problem in Hollywood. People looking at me in the pitch room being like, didn't they do the crime? Like, why, why should we free take K? Why should we free YNW Melly? Why should we free Kodak? And like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, in many cases, no, they didn't. And it's just very hard for people to get that into their head. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but that's changing, which is great. And I think the show will probably happen. I mean, the Melly shit's crazy. What did he do? He killed two motherfuckers and then made a hit single about it called Murder on My Mind. That's, that's great TV right there. That is great TV. So you're telling me that you're telling me they arrested him based on the lyrics like that was their evidence no not based on it i i'd like to hope and pray they have more evidence than just the song but they absolutely brought up the song in court and they absolutely okay. use it to tarnish his image the big la case is draco the ruler i'm sure you guys have yeah. heard about where mm-hmm. he was there they up his charges to gang violence because they called stink team a gang when it's just like a rap click shout out jeff weiss for covering that a ton and mm-hmm. draco now the song with drake and it's about upping the charges with gang violence and not being able to separate the art in their lyrics from what they do in real life, which are two completely different things since the dawn of mm-hmm. EZE, since the dawn of Tupac, Should Night, all that. Yeah. That's a good idea, though. That seems to me like very sellable stuff. Like, that seems to me like, I mean, it's niche, but also it's not. These guys are like superstars now to an extent. You know what I mean? Maybe someone listening will want to make it and they can email me or DM me at Justin Staple <laughs> and I'll make it right away. We'll have it done by the end of the year. Do not. <laughs> I will make your documentary right away. I like that <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest uh, factors in your filmmaking is a is a tidy turnaround. Absolutely. Why do you like prioritize that? It stems all the way back to 2010. Me trying to get a job at Vice, so competitive to try to be even an intern there. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can shoot and edit, and I can do it cheap, and I can do it fast. And so that's how I got in there. That's how I rose the ranks there. And that's what I keep today. A lot of people come at me with million dollar budgets. I'm like, nah, let's do it for like fifty, seventy thousand dollars. I'll shoot it all myself. No, see, Justin, no, that's why you have a Ford Focus hatchback. That's the problem. You can't no. <laughs> when when there's a million dollar when there's a million dollar budget, you take it and you just figure it out. Don't you have a whole squad you can farm it out to? Aren't you glad I didn't do that with American Rap Star though? Because had I done that and then the pandemic shuts down theaters and everything gets fucked up, you're never gonna see that money again. So I did not take that money for that film. So when are we selling when are we possible. when are we selling American rap? When are we selling it? Is it sold? I touched down from Denmark, multiple competing offers. Let's go. Just to show you that <laughs> exhibiting at South by would have helped it. And South by you know, South by was we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, prime time at South by. We were gonna sell it every which way, but that's why I was like, I got to just go to Denmark, get this shit done. So who paid for this shit? Did you pay for this shit yourself? A lot of it, yeah. <laughs> but the great Braxton Pope, the producer of The Card Counter with Oscar Isaac and Paul Schrader that's coming out in September. Braxton Pope was the producer. It's co-produced by Tyler Benz and pretty much co-directed by my guys at All the Smoke, Tyler Benz, Albert Lago, the best in the game. You're starting to run out of plugs, Justin, just to let you know. <laughs> how, how, how much are you in the hole? Uh, Zero dollars. Zero dollars. I that was a write-off immediately because 
I knew I was going to make it and I'm just in my house with the cameras and the computer. It's just my time. I'm in the whole six fucking weeks of editing the movie. Sure. 24 hours a day. I'm in the whole hundreds of hours. Yeah. Sweat equity. I'm in the hole all day, but no, I didn't want to take on money. What are we looking to get for this though? What what's what's your, what's your goal? It's so funny because had South by happened, everyone had big numbers on their mind. You know, Doc was everything. Travis Scott movie came out. Little Pete movie did great. Um, some of my footage is in that as well. They ho- they had me do the Q and A's at ArcLight for Little Pete movie. So we we're like, all right, here's another one, more SoundCloud rap. But then <laughs> the pandemic hit and dried up. That kind of shit didn't matter anymore when people are dying and people are getting COVID. So mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist, doesn't really matter. But we'll get we'll get a good amount of money. I don't know. Like uh, let's call it like a hundred ETH coins, maybe or maybe more. Than that. Bitch, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Don't tell. Don't talk in code to me, Jason. How much is that? Three seventy five, four hundred, something like that. That would be a very awesome price at this point. Let's put it that way. And you want it? And where do you want this thing to live, though? Do you want it to just hit the streamers and go crazy so everybody can see it? That's kind of what I've been thinking about all year because a lot of my friends, you know, there's hundreds of films that are very good that got caught up in this pandemic nothing coming out thing so i was like it's very easy for me to just drop it on a streamer but i did want to do some theatrical screenings we have july 2nd in la which is going to be great i'm sure all the rappers will come we're doing germany sao paulo paris new york you're not going to go to all those obviously you just send that you send the tape or whatever blah 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 but like how do how do you pay who's paying for that is that or is there no or is that not a pay thing i actually get paid for it there's a community of people who love theaters believe it or not yes sad and they license your movie to go have this experience in the theater and so various organizations you know a good example in brooklyn is rooftop films which everyone gets on the roof and watches and so it has a little bit of like a make a wish foundation energy for filmmakers <laughs> that yeah, exactly that is very well put it is make a wish for documentary filmmakers right now unless you <laughs> rock with netflix <laughs> it's like if you want to make something edgy because my shit without having to do it with netflix i got some pretty edgy shit in there a lot of them were like we're making our own soundcloud movie and then the only ones that came out were like this six nine ones that were disavowed by six nine which i thought was what do you think about this because i watched one and the guy that made it was so corny and like put himself in it but the but the actual yeah vikram yeah that guy bro what is he doing putting himself you can't why are you putting yourself in it you're not a character in this dude it doesn't make sense vikram's the goat i mean like he he did that movie where he like fooled everyone into thinking he was a prophet and he worked at vice for many years with me i love vikram we were going to collab on that movie a little and it turned into like a Nathan for you sketch, I thought, where he was like e- emailing them and being like, they won't email me back. What the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, I talked to 6ix9ine. I know 6ix9ine and his team. And we've been talking about doing something. So I was like, you want to email him? Like, I'll email him. Like, it's not that hard. But that was my problem with the two films is that he didn't participate. And what's up with doing multi-million dollar movies with young kids from the inner city when they're not participating further? You're going to call them super villains and you're going to call them evil without even letting them like speak for themselves like that seems a little yeah weird. no that's a good but point they were well made what do you think about six nine though what's the what's going to happen is he just going to die or is there going to be another hit like what is the what do you what is your prediction for the future of six nine i think it's probably going to fizzle out he came from such a tough circumstance i actually did his second interview ever and i just learned about his terrible upbringing which you see in the movie and in and out of rikers and his life and so i just always had a sympathy for him when he was snitching and going through what he went through with the bloods i was always like this is a product of his situation he's not really a super villain the way the showtime one shows him but 
I think the music's just not there. A lot of people, producers don't want to work with him. DSPs banned him. So, oh, did he get banned? Did he get banned from DSPs? There's a lot of politics at DSPs where you want to like cozy up to the playlist curator. Of course, no, no, no. But I didn't know. I thought his streaming numbers were so big they didn't care. Oh, they won't playlist him. Okay, he gets caught up in buying streaming numbers, which American rap star gets into too a little bit. Where it's like now that Billboard counts streaming numbers. The machine is well oiled where the label could just go to buy a bunch of streaming manufacturer number one. Did the podcast do that? Because we're interested in that. If you can put us in touch, <laughs> you can put us in touch with whoever can juice the numbers. Let, let me know. You can juice anything now. I'm sure you could juice Anchor FM shit. I'm sure you could juice Spotify. But you guys have such a good podcast. For real, I listen to all the podcasts and this is probably my favorite one. I try to listen to every episode and the other, all the smoke guys love it too. Wow. We love that. We love, thank you. Just what, what other podcasts do you listen to? You know, I do that. Yeah, but still shout out Brandon. I used to work and live with him a little bit and Popcast with the boy, John, he shouted out all the smoke on Popcast, which was sick. Cause he did an episode on rod wave. Mm. And then I listened to fucking, um, Chapo. I find Chapo pretty interesting. Brady Sinellis podcast. Brady Sinellis podcast I've listened to for five years now. I think yeah, that's that's, that's a funny one because it's it's real hit or miss for me. But I like it. But it's like if it's good, it's so good. And if it's not good, it's like I, I just turn it off. He's serializing his new autobiographical novel on it right now about a serial killer from the 80s that he really lived the experience. And so every week he's reading pages he used to be one of the most famous writers in the world and he's serializing it on a fucking podcast and i was like this is amazing i love it i mean i think that the the best part about that podcast for me is that he he like has that intro that's like prepared every time like that he writes and reads and it's just when you're that great it really works and no one else really does something like that where it's like obvious he's reading it like he wants you to know he's reading it versus versus like trying to hide it you're not tapping you're not listening to joe rogan i used to but it's kind of like what are, what are they even talking about I, mean, I tried to watch the bronson one i watched the freddie gibbs one it's kind of like i've heard it all now oh you moved to texas ufc's tight i don't know it's not much <laughs> i can get out of that i enjoyed the elon one i'm kind of like awashed with so much lowbrow culture that i try to bring in some highbrow via like brett or i you know i like the iron cells one but joe just not very highbrow <laughs> no no i wouldn't i wouldn't say that <laughs> about him so when you say you're awash in lowbrow culture does that does, are you talking about all the rap shit or is it some other are you on barstool like what is the other lowbrow stuff dude it's funny you brought barstool up because you know what the last music video i directed right please elaborate and the zoom call when i tell you chad hanks <laughs> chad hanks yeah how'd you fucking know let's go air horn <laughs> bro no we're not air horning chad hanks the joke isn't funny anymore i hope you got paid i hope you got paid for that i hope you got paid for that how did you know i directed it chris it's on your website you can tell me it's literally uh, oh boom i just updated my website yesterday it's literally yeah, on yeah, your yeah. fucking website you're claiming it next to your own name it's not is it was it a secret no, no, I just I had updated it yesterday. I was just curious if it passed by your um radar. I know the know me beef was quite Chris Black special filter. How did Chet Hanks tap in with you? Where did he find you? How did it go down? We flew back from Tampa. We did Rod Wave late night. We did Rod Wave Tiny Desk. My friends on the group chat were like fucking white boy summer da 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 da. And I was like, oh wow, this is pretty damn funny. And um, you know, we are friends with him. So we were like, you know what? Let's fucking run it. This is funny. It's kind of like a prequel aesthetically to american rap star where it's about generating these viral moments i knew a lot of people are going to be upset i i purposely try to make it offensive and i don't know why really and <laughs> it went crazy with nomi and vanity fair and <laughs> everything that happened and uh, cnn was putting it on which I thought what's what's he gonna what's his what's his plan like what's chet hanks's roadmap chet's you know he's an actor you know he was on empire and 
he was on Your Honor, which is great on Showtime. But I feel like Empire really cemented him as this kind of rap personality. And we talk about it, me and him, sometimes where it's a lot like Drake. Drake started as a kind of corny actor and then went to Houston and became this kind of Memphis, Houston style rapper. So Chet's kind of doing a bit where he knows this isn't his real life, but he's actually hangs out with all these rappers, producers, pimps, um, <laughs> empire actors. Is he going to make music though? Is he going to make music? Oh, Chris, tons of music. I'm getting it <laughs> sent to me every day from Chet. We got tons of new hits. It's, it's going to keep going for real. We got more videos. Who's <laughs> producing this stuff? Who is doing this? Who is producing this stuff? Real guys? In the early days, he would post on his IG story, send me beats to this Instagram, and then he'd lock in. And then he'd be like, I need a studio on his Instagram, pull up, knock it out. But now, I mean, White Boy Summer caused a label bidding war for that single. That's how corny this all is right now. So <laughs> now he's got real management, real team. Obviously, the merch is doing numbers. Did he sign? Did he sign like somewhere for White Boy Summer? Is it, <laughs> is it like an official single? Great question, because there was a lot of label interest from labels that you'd be surprised to know. But in the end it's like what's the label gonna do for him like he's so famous and viral by himself that no he didn't sign independent artists up for grabs for the right offer i assume but does he put it <laughs> is that song is that song is that whole thing on streaming services oh yeah it dropped on spotify right the day the video drops he's got like a over a hundred thousand monthly listeners on spotify almost a million on the video Jesus. he's doing better than a lot of the signed rappers that we do work with and uh yeah it, you know the the cover single is him draped in the jamaican flag <laughs> Which when he did that on set, me and Tyler were like, oh, my God, this is absolutely crazy. But we were just like, this is some high level art that like Harmony would co-sign. So we just got to like go with it. <laughs> when he did the Nomi shit, though, I was like, fuck, because we know Nomi and like she's awesome. And then I saw like Lee Daniels was dropping like crying emojis. Lee Daniels? Not Lee Daniels. The great Billy. <laughs> That's yeah, man. Lee Daniels was side chat with that. To the press that wants to fuck him up, like, fuck him up, but be ready because he's going to clap back. And if he claps back, don't go private. Just, like, engage. Like, it's kind of, that's the whole point. Same with 6 9 uh, I mean. After her, it was crazy. No, it was crazy. I hated to see that. But I also, like, that's how the world works. You know what I mean? So, it's like, it's it's not necessarily a surprise by any means. It shouldn't be how the world works, but it is. So, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing that's not hip-hop? Like, where, where are we going to, when are we going to transition? I'm glad you asked that because i know you're a hardcore punk guy did you know the 90s band cap and jazz from chicago of course bro yeah come on did you know i directed the official tim kinsella documentary about joan of arc my man contains mold you hear this shit jason my man contains <laughs> multitudes bro this is weird you saying you literally <laughs> saying cap like an idol i only think there's a couple people in, in the well no there's probably more now but the, but you know i i'm um captain jazz i listen to i love that not a huge band. Captain Jazz was not a huge band at all. Incredible. He was my idol. Are you from Chicago? Are you from the Midwest? We went to school in Chicago at University of Chicago. Oh, okay. And Tyler. Okay. So we were, and I, I did go to that school because I was a Captain Jazz mega fan in the early aughts when I was in high school. So I met him at a bar and I was at Vice and he said, Joan of Arc's 20 year reunion's coming up. I was like, I'm going to make this documentary. And I, it was the greatest project I ever did. I have Mike Kinsella in it, Devandra Banhart, a lot of Victor Villarreal, the guitarist, mm -hmm. um, Bobby Berg. It's my cap and jazz love story. Um, it's available. It's called Your War, I'm One of You, <laughs> 20 Years of Joan of Arc. I mean, that, I, saw, I saw Joan of Arc play a lot in my time because cap and jazz broke up. I mean, they broke up. Like, I mean, that's old, old. They did, but they did the FYF reunion shows, remember? And they did like Echoplex 
which was so fucking fun. But and I always I had him on my podcast and talked about would there be a Cap and Jazz LP two because they they do Spotify numbers, and he was like some people from the band don't want to do it, and I can like guess who that is and shit. And uh, mm. so they're he's doing a band called Good Fuck right now with his wife, and Good Fuck is awesome. That's cool. <laughs> and cool name for a, for a husband wife band. How does he make money? Is it just like legacy shit? Like. Man, it's money's a constant struggle for any rock musician right now. Of he's a really prideful guy, and um, he had an independent press. Man, he makes zines, you know, <laughs> yeah. sells zines, sells tapes. It's tough. We he do working work at Staples. Of- he working at Office Depot. <laughs> yeah, it, he's fucking pissed about the whole thing. Right, now. I'm trying to get him into crypto, but it's tough to like, <laughs> pill, like email legends. And shit. You like- tried to get Tim <laughs> Kinsella into. Crypto is really cool. That's really funny. What's your podcast called, Justin? It's called Smoke and Mirrors, the official All the Smoke podcast with Tyler Benz and Albert. We had JT Leroy. Really? <laughs> that was our last guest. Big Three fan. hours with JT Leroy. Big fan yeah. of that whole story. I really lived that. I read all those books and like I love that era. It was you should so have fun. Her on. It was so fun. Well, the question is what what are your connections to Joe Budden looking like? Do we have any inroads to Joe Budden? We did Joe Budden the therapist. Dude, it was fucking crazy. Like he's wild, man. He, uh, I pitched all. Honestly, I was pitching like X, 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 and Tassian and six nine, and like Vice was like, I don't know. We almost did six nine, which would have been legendary, obviously. But Joe Budden, Budden, like, I don't know why he wanted to do it, but he came in, he pounded a bottle of Henny, like sat down, did it completely drunk. If you Google Joe Budden the therapist, it'll come up. So yeah, I know his managers and stuff. I'm I'm sure he would do it. Didn't he just do No Jumper like a few days ago? Yeah, we don't really have a crossover. We don't really have a crossover with the No Jumper audience. Thank God for us. I mean, it's you're talking about like culture, or whatever. It's kind of a crossover. <laughs> I'm saying like he's doing press right now. Well, it's because he fired. It's because he fired his podcast co-host. You know, so he's like going on this. It's like a crazy. That was rowdy. Yeah. So it's this whole thing. But I mean. That it's crazy because him that whole situation was getting like press. Like I'm seeing that on page six. It's insane. It's like yeah, Mal is big. Well, I was at a party with him and I, I wanted to talk to him, but I got I was I was starstruck. I couldn't do it. I couldn't approach. They hit me up to do something with him, like Rory and Mal, and I was like, who? <laughs> and I don't really. <laughs> then I understood it. It's it's they're you know this podcast game's no joke. They're mega celebrities, mega mega. They're gonna be set. They'll probably do like a Netflix. I don't really have a lot of friends that understand the, the JBP podcast world and how important it is, you know. So, thank you for that. You know, thank you for giving me, humoring me. A lot of times when you tweet, I'm like, this is maybe my favorite voice in culture. Like, I followed your Twitter for years now, and I think me and you may have a lot of similar tastes from Cap and Jazz, Joe Budden, whatever. Like, your shit's fucking fire. <laughs> Cap and Jazz to Joe. Cap and Jazz to Joe Budden. Nobody does it like us, baby. Jason, you're fired snap chilled coffee <laughs> we're gonna hang out in real life like my boy charlie uh mangan shout out him charlie was like you gotta hang out with chris in real life he's the man cactus jack sent me <laughs> charlie's the shit and uh charlie mangan yeah you know him <laughs> no but he has a weird name mangan i'm probably fucking up the pronunciation uh fine okay thank you thank you the hangout we should do though is me and tyler are nasty tennis players so if you ever need a doubles i don't believe you you and them jeans versus me and t- nasty i'm fucking sick at tennis chris i will pay you 
dollars if you take a set off me in tennis or if you beat me. Did you grow? Did you grow? <laughs> did you grow up playing? <laughs> I, yeah, I played competitively like all through high school, all around. The, you know, I'm from North Carolina. You're from Atlanta, from Georgia. So I grew up. You said I'll give you a light two hundred if you can take a set off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. I had to start doing that in LA because I couldn't get competitive matches. So I was like, I'll pay you two hundred dollars if you can beat me. I'll pay you a hundred dollars. And that would bring out people from the East Coast would fly in and try to play me, and then they shut break the their fuck up. They can't play. I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> the male ego in tennis is crazy. That's why I kind of had to stop playing in LA. People get so upset. I'm like, bro, it's a sport. Really what nice. kind of? What kind of? So, what do you? What, what is your tennis look? Are you like all whites? Like, what kind of racket are we using? What's the vibe? I'm going with the Nike full fit right now. I got the Babolat. <laughs> I'm still Babolat boy. And, Nike head to toe. Nike okay. tennis is the fucking shit. Shout out Rafa. Nike tennis is the fucking shit. I think that you and Jason should play each other, and I, I think that is what I'd rather see, and, and I want to put money on it. King of the Hill. Yeah, it's a King of the Hill. It's a King of the Hill type situation, and I could also, we, we could obviously, <laughs> you have the capabilities to, to shoot this competition, so that would be an easy, it would be an easy content play for all parties involved, you know what I mean? As they say in the rap world if we played tennis me tyler you and jason it'd be a goddamn movie God damn it that's it justin thank you for joining us um check it ch- the, uh the, the film is called american rap star correct yeah la premiere july 2nd uh follow me on instagram at justin staple twitter at justin staple let's go let's go thank you for thank you for joining us Ken. you heard it here first his next movie is going to be super fucking crazy <laughs> uh shout out how, how long thank gone. you thank shout you shout out to how long gone. thank you again for doing this justin thanks for being a good sport we hope you had fun we'll see you on, we'll see you on the course we'll see you in the course later Yo, bro are you gonna drop another nft or is it over it's over <laughs> <laughs> you got the you got the only one bro so you got that yeah sip the mud we'll talk to you yeah. soon man thank you yeah justin mud mud 2.0 yeah. is coming out soon by the way justin so hold on to that can it'll be that'll be worth something in the future okay so that's a five-year sit drinks on me when i see you next i'm june yeah on one shelby drive look alive look alive niggas came up on this side now they on the other side oh well fuck them dog we gonna see how hard they ride i get racks to go outside and i split it with the guys we up on the other side niggas acting like we tied i've been gone since like july niggas acting like i died they won't be expecting shit when capo go to slide because i told them that we put that shit behind us but i lied hey hey look who i'm around man if i fucked up i'ma be downtown man full flow down man that's if i get caught man push me to the edge so it really